day. Bonjour. Welcome. That is correct. <laughs> By on. the way, uh, I, I got a couple of bills to throw at you. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> What are you wearing right now? What dirty honey, dude? Dude, dude I got the dirty. I got, I'm rocking the merch today, man. Look at that. What what jacket is that too? You got on? Ah, uh, it's a John Bravados jacket. I have that one, dude. It's the good one. It's got the you know, it's a double breasted, double breasted buttons. It's you know, it's dude, got the crosses. You're, fucking, you know, it's, you're dressed just like me right now. I, I wanted to I wanted to dress the part. I love it, dude. Awesome. <laughs> And the hat. Look at us. I, yeah. know, man. Sick. I, I got a St. Louis blue shirt on. It's very. It's, <sighs> why are you, you, know, you, know you You know what, Mitch? You're just channeling <laughs> me when I'm in the studio. That's right. <laughs> like, I'm like Terry Kath. Got a Terry Kath guitar blue shirt on. Come on. Oh, man. Your eyes are very blue right now. The what is blue? Your eyes. Oh, my eyes are. Well, that's that's my color. We're, I'm oh, I bet you tell that to all the boys. Look at that. I know. <laughs> but uh, good day, Mark. We, of course, uh, know each other through Brent Fitz and stuff. And uh, Jeremy here is uh, Montreal's number one on-air personality. Oh, winner God. of 19 rating books in a row, motherfucker. Thank you. Yes. I, I like, so, you you I always do this to me. Style. You always build me up. It's like, it's oh. Great style for radio. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, it's, it helps. I have the face for radio. So, you know, all this and didn't your mom buy you the dirty honey shirt? Yeah. So my mom bought me the T-shirt. She went to she saw you guys open up for GNR in Vegas and I was supposed to go to the show with her. But we were in our ratings period and my boss wouldn't let me take off. So she ended up bringing her best friend and they had the time of their lives. And you guys were like the highlight for you for her at the show. She's like, man, the band that opened up, they were so good. And she got me the shirt. And so he. <laughs> We had completely different experiences that night because I, I was like, it was Vegas. There wasn't a lot of people like showing up early for the opening act. And I was like, oh. And he was, like, hey. I was like, oh, God. And then he was like, I'm having a fucking time of my life. It was just two ends of the spectrum. <laughs> it's yeah. tough to look out to a half empty sort of vibe. But I just, so I, I, I decided I made a contract with myself about 20 seconds into the show. I was like, can I swear? Yeah, 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 you can swear. And uh, fuck them. You know what? I'm going to make sure that whoever was here is going to be like, you missed it. So, you know, well, yeah. well, dude, that's it. It's like, I, I can imagine if you're the yeah. you're, you're in the support slot and you're opening up for a band like Guns N' Roses. I mean, obviously, people are going to be standing, getting the beer, buying their Slash merch and all that crap. Yeah, but it's, well, especially in yeah, exactly. People are still on the strip trying to score some blow. It's, you know, it's, it's Vegas, right? So you want to give the fans that did show up to see the support act, you know, perform, like as if you're playing in front of the Enorma Dome, you know, it, you, you yeah, got to yeah. put it on. Totally. Yeah. Enorma Dome, dude. I want to play there. Yeah. Enorma Dome. It's the best venue in the world. <laughs> so, right, Launch us off. This new album, well, I guess we're already going, so why not? I mean, you know, talk about this new album that's coming out. We heard a little bit of a teaser of it. I didn't want to waste it. I want to wait till I get my CD or the vinyl and have an enjoyment on a Friday night, listen to it in its entirety. But so, so far from what we've heard, it's dirty honey and it's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got the whole thing in front of me and it sounds great. Let's just say Thanks, that. Man. Yeah. We weren't trying to fool anyone. Yeah. We went, we didn't want you to think it was queen. <laughs> yeah. I love queen. So I have to say there's a couple of times I, I said, that sounds like the Rolling Stones to me, but it is still uh, brand new and fresh and dirty honey. Sick, yeah. Which no, one we, gave uh, you the stones by? Yeah, that's, that's we love it. It was, uh, I think it was, was it tied up or take me to Let me hold on, let me uh, listen. Probably, yeah, there's some BGs yeah. on the board. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think it was tied up or take my hand. It was, it was the third or fourth one. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's probably tied up. Yeah, no, we, um, 
we did it here in LA again. Uh, well, for the first time in LA, but we did it again with Nick Dia, and um, mm-hmm. you know, we just wanted to really work on songs. And uh, had we done it when we were supposed to originally go to Australia and, and record for the second time, I think we would have came out with a, a worse product. You know, and right. the pandemic gave us a little more time to work on songs. And, and uh, well, well, talk to me just quickly about that. You you started off with an EP just to sort of give fans a taster, and then you went off and did the full length. Um, why not go with the full length right up front and say, all right, folks, here we are, we're new, here's 10 songs and let's go. What was yeah, the, what was sort of the game plan? We literally didn't have enough tunes at the time to do a full <laughs> length. So, and, and yeah. you know, and not having a label, I think the initial push was to put out some songs, see if we can get some label interest, mm-hmm. which we ultimately did. But then as when I'm gone, started climbing the charts, it, it turned into why, you know, we're doing this without the labels. Why not just maintain ownership of all your stuff? And why would we sign it all away now? It doesn't make any sense. You know, we've gotten so far without them. Right. Fuck them, you know? Right. right. Why? There's no reason to, there's no reason to go that route anymore. You can, it's clear as day what you can do without them. So, um, yeah. And then obviously we had to do some more writing, which we took a lot of time to do yep. on tour and, and, you know, during the pandemic. And, um, I think we're pretty proud of what we came up with so far. I'm super proud. I run around going, I'm killing. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking right. As you should. (laughs) Guys, talk about the dirty honey sound a little bit. What'd you say? I was I was gonna say, you know, talk about the dirty honey sound a little bit because you know, Mitch and I we talk about this a lot where on the pop side of music, everybody's going 80s. And on the rock side, everybody's going back to the, to the 70s, you know, less is more, you know, analog kind of rock and roll sound. Mm-hmm. Where and why did you guys make that decision to sound like that? Well, that's always where our hearts has been. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's always what we were doing when we were in the trenches playing the crappy clubs. Um, you know, when you struggle for so long, there is a little period of maybe like, you know, overthinking it a little and adding a few more flavors. But really lucky, we already had the gem under our nose and, and just sort of didn't know it, which was when I'm gone. And mm-hmm. so when, when our manager heard that song, finally a proper recording, I mean, he straight up was like, I can make that. I'm going to make that. I think he was like, I'm going to make that a number one. And you know, he said, quote, that's a number one song if we do it right. right. Said, oh, okay. So... That sort of galvanized us to, to be like, this sound that, that comes most natural to us and is us, is, is, is we can do it. You know, we don't I, have to. I will say I kind of fought for that more than anything. I knew his playing style and what I liked most about his playing style was the nuance that sort of reminds me of, to your point, Mitch, like he doesn't play. He's a much better player than Keith Richards. That's right. not a headline. Um, <laughs> but Keith, Keith's playing is full of nuance that I love. And so is like Rich Robinson and Joe Perry and Jim, Jimmy Page. And John has, when the personality sort of shines through in the playing, that's, that's the performance of his I like the most. And we were kind of writing stuff that wasn't giving him that freedom to just right. play. Yeah, right. it, was, it was like we had written some songs that even sometimes people message me like, hey, man, what happened to this song? And I'd be like, that's gone. But it, mm. it, it, it was when we performed them 
that I realized I was like, oh, there's no room. There's no room for the swag. There's no room for the swagger. There's no room for those little fills. There's that's what it's all about. You know, right? It's like, it's like no disrespect. It's like a muse type of structure where you're like, oh, I, I have to just do this. And hmm. so every night when we play it, I'd re- increasingly was like, I, I don't, I don't like fit in with my own thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we, we went with a producer at one point that really tried to put us into a, a box of like strict performance. Oh, so bad. And and Who I was that producer. Can you can you reveal the name? No, 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 because he's a great producer and he, he in his lane he's very yeah. successful. He's he, just wrong guy. He produces a lot of the uh his name's Bob Marlette. He produces a lot of Oh, I know Bob. Yeah, we yeah. know Bob. Yeah. Bob's great. He's just yeah. you know, it's round, round peg square hole. And he when we even when we sort of mutually parted ways as kind of like a this isn't working. I remember the last thing he said to me, he was like, Listen, there's something here. Like just yeah. Don't well, listen, stop. there's there's nothing wrong in saying that. I mean, it's like saying, well, Mutt Lang working with Kiss would be kind of funky. It, it probably would be. It doesn't mean Kiss sucks and it yeah, doesn't mean Mutt exactly. Lang sucks. It just yeah. means that that combination. Yeah. Be- and I, I also feel like, you know, a producer can really put a stamp on a band in a good way or a bad way. If yeah. the producer's going to go in and elevate your performance and take you to the next level versus <laughs> trying to put you into a box that they have in their mind of what you should be, which yeah. is complete opposite of what you want to be. It's not fun for anybody. No. So, so to wrap it sort of back around, it's like we had when I'm gone under our belt this whole time and recorded so, it once with Bob actually didn't come out, but it right, lost yeah. all the nuance that we all love in, yeah. in the performance. Well, what do you mean by that? Was it like too robotic the performance? Yeah. Like yeah. He, he has a thing, and the way he does it is like it's very commercial new rock. Mm, so right. You, you tighten everything up. You wanted it all on the grid. You wanted it all like grid it yeah. out. Grid, 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 grid. And that's Abby, not rock and roll. You want it. You... I've never played so in time in my life. <laughs> really? I, I was like, whoa. Because yeah. I feel like I killed it. And he was like, okay, you want to do it again in time? And I was like, well, you know. But, right. Yeah, because it's got to be some feel, and, and there's a perfection in the imperfection as well on, on, on music. In, what we in love, music. Yeah, exactly. What yeah, we you, love, you listen to yeah. 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 And that's not, you know, Bob's had a ton of success with a lot of different artists and his thing works, but it was when yeah. Nick was like, listen, you get these performances just right with the nuance. And sometimes, you know, he, he specifically would go back and be like, ah, oh, man, I think uh, there's like an upstroke there that shouldn't be there. And he goes, it's, mm. it's cool, man. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And John, especially as a guitar player, you, know, you you want to have the little, you know, grace notes inside the performance and you want the chickas and you want all the, the string noise here yeah, and there. Yeah. And there's there's some fun little mistakes on all the records. Um, the only time I'll go in and be like, hey, we should fix that is if like I kind of botch it like the first time around. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I, don't want the, I don't want the intro of the tune to be like wrong, you know, right. but, like yeah. but other than that, once we get cooking, it's like, let's get the performance happening. Um, but so, yeah, it, it was a really good blessing and, and, a, and, a, and an aff- affirmative moment for them. Right. To be, you already have a hit and, and you yeah. sound like you. And so coming into this moment where this is happening, it's like we're just being ourselves. And it's, that's the best part. And we're doing what comes naturally to us. And right. so it's really easy. It's much easier to double down on that than it is to try to double down on what you're guessing might be cool, you know. Let me ask you this, uh, John. You also play drums and bass. Why, sort of, for the band, have you decided that you're going to be featured on guitar and not do the other stuff? And as you're recording, 
Do you sort of turn to the drummer and go, oh, I could do that better. What is he doing? He could probably sing it better, too, but he's not saying it. <laughs> I could sing it better. What the hell is he doing? Here's the deal. Corey's a drummer. And right. I, if we we're comparing each other, he's a drummer, and I'm just like a guy who owns a drum set. Gotcha. Uh, All right. Like, it's not even close. You're the Your hobbyist. Yeah. Mitch's buddy Brent actually came up to me. He was like, Corey's like a real drummer. He's like practicing like some crazy jazz shit. Mm-hmm. yeah no he's like yeah, a yeah. superman he's like got a superman cape and i'm like on the street with like no shoes yeah right. and that's also the relationship that i feel to john about playing guitar but you know when you're by yourself the, the whole me playing drums and playing bass is just i'm by myself i have those things in my house i'm such a fan of drums i'm I, i'm always paying attention to Corey. i'm always trying to pick things up and so when i make a demo I'll just do the basic kind of idea I have so that mainly for him so that he can vibe on it and be like, okay, I hear, you know, I feel it more than just like a random guitar part by itself. Yeah. Mm. And um, the identity of the band Dirty Honey, the sound on my demos isn't there when it's just me playing all instruments. It's not there. In fact, what's there is usually the where I'm getting the influence is more obvious. So if I got kind of like an ACDC-ish idea, it would, you know, I'm playing the ACDC drum. Boy, would never do that. And that's what gives us our sound is like yeah. him coming gotcha. in, mm-hmm. at being, coming from the, you know, different area. Yeah. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Let me ask you this about, about launching a, a new band, because, you know, you look at a band like Kiss or Aerosmith and they've been around for 50 years. And when a pandemic hits, they just take a year off and whatever. Uh, but you're trying to build an audience. You're trying to build a fan base, and you have this time taken out of your, out, out of your, you know, moving forward. How does that affect the band, and and how do you sort of get that fan base and stay engaged with people that aren't fans yet? I mean, how how do you sort of, how did you ride this out for the last year? Well, we came up with a couple of different uh, little interesting ideas. Certainly, there was a point during the pandemic where I just said to we have a social media call every week. And I was like, we can't just keep posting like this time. Here's the video. We were at fucking, we were in Montreal, you know, at MTL fest or whatever, or heavy MTL. And I was like, nobody, nobody cares anymore. Nobody wants to do that. Let's do something different. And so we came up with this idea, the suitcase sessions where we go out and perform in like unique places and and film it. Um, So that was cool. That was fun way to waste some time. And then obviously, you know, teasing some new music and stuff that was obviously good but i, I think most importantly the, the best thing you can do is do great work and write great songs and and yeah. those will stand on their own no matter what no matter when you know if they come 10 years from now five years from now or or, or yesterday a great song is a great song and right. people are Mark, Mark, I was reading up on you and, you know, you got a background in broadcasting and communications and marketing and all that stuff. How do you use that to your advantage as a band? I sort of serendipitously fell into, uh, you know, the job that I had before all this was going on was location scouting for for films and TV shows. And mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Can you say that? A big word like gymnasium. Say it a little slower, please. <laughs> serendipitously um, no but having having that knowledge of of you know locations and and 
a filming background um, definitely helps when we shoot videos or any type of video content. Um, mm -hmm. And in the same way that he likes drums, that's my like nerd out. Yeah, it really helps too, because I, if I like have, anytime I've ever come to him with like, what if the music video was this? It's like, he's quickly like, well, that would take two cameras and we'd have to mm. hire a, a stunt guy. So no, we can't do that. Like he has, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's like, and uh, that location, there's only one of those in the area and that costs money, you know, so. He, yeah, sometimes the guys would be like, well, what if we shoot at, you know, the Greek theater or whatever? I'm like, that's like 20 grand. Guys. Yeah. yeah. Someone's got to be budget conscious. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he just knows, like, he can come up with an idea and know that it can be done with one camera. Right. Yeah. Can he, can, he can know, like, oh, okay, well, I've been to this area. We can sneak in there and they won't catch us. Or, like, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Happening. There's a lot of that knowledge where, I mean, I don't know that. No, because I saw that, you know, you, you had a degree in broadcasting. I'm like, what, did this guy want to be like a radio guy or something? Or like, what, what was the plan? There really wasn't one. I was, I, there wasn't a plan, honestly. I, by then I was studying. Or were you that guy that like you applied to everything else and they turned you down and you're like, oh, communications. Fuck it. Let's do that. Pretty much, honestly. <laughs> I remember thinking school. That's what that degree is, right? Yeah. Pretty much. Like yeah. I mean, there was nothing. I took to catch all. I, I I adamantly believe I learned more living in Italy for a semester than I did in college. Learning anything in college, I think you just have a way better view of the world. You understand yourself better and what you want out of life. Um, and yes. yeah, moving same. I just didn't do traveling. That. Yeah, yeah. is an important part of being a, a cultured human being and. Um, ultimately, that's what led me back to music was living in Italy. So, um, yeah, in terms of a communicate, the communications degree didn't get me any job in, in uh, TV or film out here. That was literally a friend called me. He's like, I think you can do this job. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> it's like what my mom said. It's not what you know. It's who you know. It's, it's, that's yeah, what really it comes is. down to. A lot of the time, um, those degrees aren't worth the paper they're printed on. So, you know. No, it was a total waste. I mean, dude, definitely, yeah. Honestly, if I could go back and do it again, I would just go, I would probably go backpack through Europe and not even go to school. Honestly. Nice. Let's talk a little bit about the producer, Nick uh, Didia. He's, he's worked with everybody. I'm just looking at his list. From Billy Talent to Bruce Springsteen to Alice Cooper to Glenn Danzig to uh, King's X, Corn. But he's been around for 30, 40 years. What does he bring to the band in terms of the sound? I mean, obviously he's got experience, but you want to create something new and fresh. And he has, he's been around for 30 years. Can, can he bring the new and fresh to you? What, what, what does he do for you? I think he is doing that. Um, okay. I, I, well, just based on a lot of the comments, people say that the recordings sound modern, but mm -hmm. have that nuance, but have that nuance and that it's like live feel. Uh, well, that's what I said at the beginning. It, you know, on the pop side, it's super produced electronic music, but then you listen to the rock guys and it's, it sounds like a live performance. It sounds like a band again. Yeah. Right. He's got, he's got a, a, like a very uh, Mike Klink and like Ted Templeman approach where he's like, I'm, I'm basically going to try to capture the band rather than put my stamp on the band. On, mm -hmm. on the band. Totally. And <clears throat> you can hear that difference between like, DLR Van Halen and Van Hagar, right? It's like Van Hagar's like completely sounds different. Not just the music, but like the recording is very yeah. much a pop recording. And 
I think that Nick's approach with that is in line with us. And the fact that he doesn't allow us to go too hard down the, he, it, if, our, if we have a song, for example, that's like kind of Black Crowsy, right. don't make sure we don't record it exactly the way they do, which might dismay us during the process a little because we're like, uh, but it doesn't sound like what I love, but it sounds like us. And well, I mean, listen, I'll, I'll say that's very smart because if, if you end up being the next Black Crows, well, people are just going to say, oh, well, they're the poor man's Black Crows. And that doesn't do yeah. you any good. They want you want people to say, no, they're dirty, honey. Well, that's it. <laughs> it's tough when you're in our position because you, you know, like that's and, and apart from the fact that I'm way worse at drums uh, than Corey. That's actually one of the problems with my demos, too. Like I said, if, it, if it's an ACDC type idea, it just straight up sounds kind of like that. Mm -hmm. there's, there's still work to get it to where it's okay. And once it goes through everybody's like check mark, I guess, it, it, it usually winds up sounding like dirty honey. Yeah. I think we've achieved that so far. And Nick's the last link in that chain and, and he's done a great job at it. Well, you know, look at all the shit that Greta Van Fleet takes for wanting to be Zeppelin. I mean, you guys are yeah. paving your own path and you're not taking shit. You're actually getting support, so. You're nice. I, you know, I will say I, re I really like that band. Um, yeah, but I, I am proud of the fact that if if somebody, you know, whenever you go on and look at comments or whatever, people will be like, "There's there's like thirty different comparisons that we get." Um, yeah, you know, versus uh, one, one. Yeah, and, and I don't knock them for that at all. I, they're making great blues based rock and roll to me that I'm totally cool with. I, I, but. We have run into people that, that know them really well. And, you know, I think that's something that they're trying to get away from a little bit, um, which is cool. You know, they got to they gotta find their path and find themselves. And I think they are, you know. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, I don't think they're doing anything that's not authentic to them. No. Right. And, and, and neither are we. And at the end of the day, that's, that's really all you can do. So. No, and especially in the rock world, you can see when people are being fake as fuck, whereas if they're actually doing it and legitimizing it, I'm good with yeah. that. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm totally cool with them doing their thing. It's fine. I don't. I um, I don't want to get into the whole rock is dead debate because I think that's completely silly. But in terms of putting a rock band together and and starting, uh, in this field, it probably would be easier if you were a pop band or if you were, you know, you had more keyboards or had more whatever. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the decision to to play this style of music rather than take your talents and go be, you know, another weekend or a Post Malone or, or you know, be something completely different that would sell easier. I mean, it goes back to what I just said. It's not authentic to right. what That's we the are. Thing. Um, I mean, I, I genuinely, he, he did some sideman gigs. Um, he's a really accomplished guitarist and he's good well, john's a good looking that. dude he could easily hop on stage and tour with ariana grande or somebody you know he's got the looks got the Ooh, talent yeah. i mean he's totally good yeah. yeah i can't i can't do that nobody's hiring me as a background singer for anything um he's been on a gig with me where i literally <laughs> we were doing a gig uh where i was i was the front man for the first couple songs of this orchestral rock thing that we did at a couple cities around the country. And then yeah. they were like, Mark, sing, uh, you, you have the third on this harmony. And I don't, I don't fucking know what that even what means. the fuck is that? <laughs> and uh, John, John was looking is over. Is that the Michael Anthony part or what? <laughs> it probably is. 
But uh, yeah, exactly. He would look over at me during the gig, and I'm just like pantomiming, like pretending to do backgrounds, so, and he's just cracking, cracking up. Cracking up. We're on stage. So funny. <laughs> You know, it wasn't a decision. Like I said, it wasn't a decision to to be like this. It it was, you know, <clears throat> this is what comes natural to us. It, I, if anything, I just I feel really lucky that the moment has come for what we do right. to be celebrated, and we found somebody who you know could usher us there in our manager in our manager who is not only you know a whale in in terms of his history but he, he loves the band and he loves rock and roll and he's always been a rock guy loves he's a diehard rock guy he, he's like i wouldn't know what to do with a pop album i don't yeah he's like i don't know those people and he, he knows who he, in what he needs to know he knows who he needs to know and and, and um and he's a fan of the music first, which I, I say to people yeah. all the time is if- It's the hugest thing. The people that are thing. working with you aren't passionate about the music you're making, then they're not gonna be able to help you very much. Well, that's the, even in our jobs, you know, it's like Mitch and I, I don't interview anybody that I'm not a fan of. It's right. like- Yeah, I, like, I, what are you gonna do? You know, like, hey yeah. man, let me, you know, like, so you were- uh, Yeah, you know. <laughs> that's it. Oh, oh, and so then, yeah. You know, he's, he, he's sort of more of the, true like he's like rock rock and roll is what i do and mm. so where the th the three of us you know in the band side of it you know to like i said we're all talented musicians something weird to say that but like we, you know we could all get gigs and so we chose to pay, keep the lights on with that but fortunately i think we were the three guys who didn't su succeed very well at that so we were around and we really wanted to do this and with him being sort of like the tent pole of so what you're saying is that Mark can't get a job anywhere else and you three are just sort of helping him pay the bills. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, you can print that. No. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. It's like this poor guy can't work without us. So we no, have to sort of stick around. He got his money you know, elsewhere. I, 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 knew, no. I knew my lane. And, and yeah, exactly. I, I, I didn't. Honestly, like I fought with them a lot early on. I was like, I don't, why aren't we doing this? There was this sort of push and pull happening where I was trying to get them to play this more blues based rock thing and stop trying to reinvent the rock wheel so to speak yeah and they were like well you also got to like sing a little bit more melodically because you're singing the blues isn't going to get us anywhere mm. so and so we went like this and we were sort of disagree and then it all just kind of came together yeah gotcha and it came back and the best part is where it came together is like it's like we're all right we're right at home totally at home you know and so the, where we're at now too as a band creatively everything it's like we're actually at the best it's like and they hmm. all just all i can't i couldn't ask for a better timing you know during the worst parts of the journey it's very frustrating but now that it's where it's at i wouldn't change a thing you know? right oh you guys just seem really happy and stoked and like you're having a blast making this music and i, I think that's what it's all about at the end of the day so yeah, right you know and then i hope that radiates yeah uh, well it comes through the music i'll tell you that I can feel it. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's all about having a good time. And, uh, you know, we didn't get into this to be fucking miserable all the time. So. That's yeah. what sound like. We didn't get to, right? We didn't get, what is it? We didn't get into this to have a bad time. We didn't get into this to have a bad time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I know uh, you guys are, I know you guys prefer Van Hagar over Van Halen. So that's good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. What's up that? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. That was, that was just the vibe I was getting. 
It's okay. No, 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 no. The other way. I believe he said when Sammy came in the band, it was a whole different sound, and it sounded like there was a lot of praise going on there. Hold on a second. <laughs> Hold on. Uh oh, he's running off to get something. But I, I, I think Van Halen One is one of the best albums. Boom! Ever. Right there. Okay, but here's the thing. That's the return of Ted Templeman. That's a good record. That's, that's the, the album. Yeah. And you, that's like not, that's like Van Halen. That's, that's Van Halen, Halen, R. Hagar. Dude, Van Halen's best album of all time, hands down. Best I will debate album. it until the cows come home. Yeah. We'll debate that with you till the cows come home. You can't beat one. There's you no way you can't beat one. One is one of the greatest pieces of rock and roll work that exists. You anywhere. can't beat one, dude. And you can't beat 1984. Well, He's well, a Hagar yeah. guy. He's a hey, guy. But that's but I'm telling you, that's the right, return right, of the DLR producer. I have eleven ways that you can beat Van Halen one. Right here. Going hard. Going hard. You gotta say going hard to the net. Oh, okay. Right, right. My bad. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, and, there you go. And you, and you can't. Well, there speaking of this, Van Hagar, California Dream, and of course the the new single sounds great. And uh, hey, yeah. So what's the just, what's the deal with the album? Do you have an album release date? Because I I can't find that anywhere. Even in the press release, it doesn't have like a date. Yeah. April twenty third. The album. April twenty third. For a month, right? Yeah. Yeah. Over a month. Cool. Times. It's going to be great. And then uh, we'll get you on the road and then we'll get a a second one, hopefully. Uh, I mean, so let me just quickly ask you, in terms of the plan, now that the first one's out, do you you sort of say, okay, we got to get another one out in 2022 and and sort of stoke the fires? Or do you do the whole two-year touring on the one album? This guy was asking me for riffs like a week after we got out of the studio. Good, he should. Yeah. That's his job. I was like, dude, it's Christmas. Just give me a break here. I, I felt like I just birthed a child. I was like, yeah, but Mark, God forbid you bring a melody in. Why does the guitar player always have to be the guy? <laughs> we, he, we, we always have a little bit of a competition going on because I love playing guitar. and right. Everybody wants to do – I want to play drums. He, he wants got, to play I guitar. guys who are trying to be like, oh, check out my guitar riff. I've got to do a lot here, man. My life's stressful. <laughs> But I'm I just love, like, <laughs> I'm just wondering, are, are they replacing the drummer or the guitar player first? I mean, this it's is it's gonna be Mark on guitar, me on drums, <laughs> on guitar. It's gonna be a three piece at some point. Yeah, it'll be the ro- Dirty Honey, the rotation tour. <laughs> Trust me, there's been there's been many uh, drunk nights at clubs in LA where we just come back from for the third set on some shit gig and we just decide. He's playing drums. Corey's singing. I got I'm on guitar. And we actually Justin's still on bass. Yeah. On oh, the cover Van Van Hagar tunes. He's left and he can't switch. <laughs> Justin's just miserable. Yeah. By the way, I'm gonna ask you this. In the yeah. press release, I, I love this. It says uh, about Mark. So normally when you're talking about a lead singer, we're talking about music and all that. But for you, it says he loves clothes. John Varvados and Nick Fouquet hats, especially. <laughs> is that why you're wearing that? Change that word. Change that. Change that. No, this is actually it's it's actually a local Montreal hat maker, and I don't wear Nick Fouquet. Okay, I wear Lone Hawk. You got to support the rock and roll brands. Yeah, I know Lone Hawk. He just doesn't put a liner in his uh, sweatband. Right. right. Yeah. But but talk to me about this. Is there an obsession with closing? Because I've I've I mean, you don't get a press release with Gene Simmons going. You know, he wears. Carl Lagerfeld or whatever. Mitch, <laughs> listen, Mitch, I'm going to answer for Mark, okay? The <laughs> press release just literally 
has has a, a catalog of all the kiss shit you can buy. Yeah, yeah you want to be buried in a kiss coffin? Yeah, Gene's got it for you. Mitch, it's, it's, David Lee Roth once said, "It's not what you're like; it's how you look doing it." Blue shirt, oh, like Terry Kath. We all love fashion. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But I, he also said, "I didn't." He goes, "I wanted to be the art project, not wear it." But I also hey. feel, I think inwardly, I feel a kinship to Eddie, where it's just like Eddie was like, I was just reading about the difference of him and Sammy. It's like Sammy rolls up, his socks are ironed. You know, they're meeting for the first time. His crease is perfect. He's got slacks. Yeah, he's looking great. He's like, I think I might want to be in Van Halen. And Eddie's like, in the pants he's been wearing for the past four days. You know, crappy shoes, like a t-shirt. It doesn't get much better on stage, especially. I sort of wish I could do that inwardly but you know yeah coming from the guitar player it's wearing a $3,500 John Varvato's leather jacket right now well this thing rubs off dude you know <laughs> and he runs out and I'm like ah this is pretty dope you know every yeah. city he's got a good eye man he does do you have the uh, Varvato's discount card by the way just asking because Jerry may want to go shopping with you yeah I need you, that VIP you, card anything you you hit me up I got you um we'll go shopping together no I'm dead serious if you need anything Sweet. But, good to know. No, it, it has rubbed off, and it, it's. I love looking good. It's great, but at the same time, you know, I love just wearing a pair of crappy jeans, some old Air Jordan ones, and you know, Air Jordan ones. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's funny. funny. Do you do you guys wear the pointy boots? Like, do you wear the Jeffrey West boots, like the struts? No. Oh yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, commercials. Right? Yeah. Good old oh, Chelsea's. Yeah. Can't beat them. I I have similar ones upstairs. Cool. No, we don't wear the pointy struts. Uh, they're they're a little colorful for my my personal taste. Mm. They wear a lot of like pinks and whites and stuff, don't they? Yeah, a little depends on the know. tour. They're like mildly glamish in their yeah. Not Listen, really. Rock and roll fashion. It looks cool. What could yeah. he say? I can get away with it for sure. I want to yeah. see who's going to be able to pull off one of those leotards that like Freddie Mercury wore, and actually also um, DLR wore, where it's like open all the way. Yeah. There's a cup. Yeah, let's see that guy. Big bush sticking out. Who's going to do that? John, it should be you. Why not? I guess a few more crunches, and then I'll send you a pic. That's it. Mitch, we'll get Mitch in a leotard next time we do an interview. (laughs) So where are you guys right now, Mitch? Are you in Montreal? Both of us are in Montreal, yeah. 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 About 20 minutes away. The situation there is not going so hot. No, no, we're, we're, we're falling behind and we're still under curfew, but they moved it to 930 now. So look at us. What does that look like in Canada? You're under, like, I don't. Well, they, they literally, if you're outside after it was up on, it was eight o'clock until yesterday. And if you were outside, they give you a $1,550 fine. What? Yeah. What is the, what does that do? A curfew? You have to be in your house by eight o'clock. But it basically it prevents you from being exposed to it. That's that's the whole gist. Yeah, you're not running around at a party or having a, a a rave at your in your fucking garage. You know, like senseless. It's like it's like taking away the extra senseless gatherings. Like pretty much, right? Fine, but like wow, right? And and base and and all the businesses had to close at seven thirty. So 
it's not like you can sit there and say, well, I work at McDonald's. So that's why I'm still out at 10 o'clock. They went, nah, everything's closed at seven 30. You need to be in your house by eight. So, yeah. And you can't even get a meal. If you don't have any food in your house, say it's a midnight, you're fucking starving. Yeah. You can't yeah. get a meal until the curfew wraps up in the morning. So, how, how long is, how long has that been going on? That situation? Uh, 70 days, 70 days. So it was relieved and then it went back to that. No, we've been in under curfew. And all they did is that now it's 9.30 instead of 8. Yeah. Wow. Holy shit. Just like adults. What they're really saying is you're all children and you need rules. Correct. And you can't take care of yourself. And Pretty and much. Listen, I don't understand why I can't go to a Tim Hortons at 10 o'clock and get a coffee because it's me and my car. It's not exactly like, a, anyway, whatever. Yeah. Uh, old man yells at Cloud. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, well, we're running out of time, so we'll wrap up. Dirty Honey, brand new record coming out April 23rd. Get it wherever music is sold. Make sure you buy the CD, get the vinyl, because when you go see them by the show, they can't sign your Spotify. Got to have the CD. That's a great I love that. Can't <laughs> sign the Spotify. Sorry. All right, Mark, John, it's a pleasure. And uh, John, next time we'll we'll talk more about guitars and stuff. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a rock and roll interview all about fashion. Brilliant. Brilliant. Perfect. <laughs> as it should be. <laughs> Always a pleasure seeing you guys. Thank you again, Mitch. And uh Always a pleasure. Too. We'll um hopefully see you guys sooner than later. Hopefully in Montreal at a nice live show. That would be great. Yeah. I'll, I'll be back. In fact, in fact, uh, Dirty Honey was one of the first ones that was canceled on the uh, you were supposed to be here in wrong through in uh, April, I think. April. April. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, where were you supposed to be at the Metropolis, Mtelis, or or? Yeah. You guys were playing one of the big clubs over here, like the like the top venue before the arena, and yeah, and and it was like two weeks away, and it got canceled. It was like, oh, yeah. Was that well, a, was headlining? Was that a headlining? I think so. I, yeah, I believe headlining? it was headlining. I think we played Mtelis before too. Well, yeah, we can't thank you guys enough too. We've been on the uh, Spotify artist page and stuff, and Montreal comes up as like a top ten city. You know, obviously it's yeah. not nearly as New York, Chicago, and LA, but it's 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 way up there in our most streams. And really Absolutely, good. Well, good. Thank you. Well, we'll, Thank we'll, you have, we'll have a big hang next time you're in town, so we'll have fun. We're down. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Thank, Thank you. you. See you later, guys. Bye bye now.